Get ready for BSR Annual Conference from the 24th to the 26th of April in Liverpool and online. Be one of over 2,000 rheumatology professionals enjoying three days of learning and networking. Join the award-winning hybrid conference in person or join us online and secure access to all the talks on demand for a further six months. If you're looking for inspiring content for the whole MDT, secure your place at BSR24. Head to rheumatology.org.uk forward slash BSR24 or Google BSR24. You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology Careers podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. Hello everyone and welcome to the Talking Rheumatology podcast. My name is Anastasia and I'm SD5 Rheumatology and General Medicine in Northwest. Today we are talking about rheumatology and general medicine. I'm delighted to be joined today by Dr. Rikesh Patel, who is an SD7 Rheumatology and General Medicine Northwest and has recently been appointed as a consultant rheumatologist and general physician at Manchester Royal Infirmary. Thank you, Rick, for joining us today. Could you please tell us more about yourself? Sure. Yes. So thank you very much for, for inviting me to, uh, to to join this session today, Anastasia. Um, so I think you've done kind of my general introduction already, but just, just to elaborate, um, so I'm Rakesh, I, I go by Rick. Um, as you said, I'm an ST7 trainee in rheumatology and general medicine. I'm currently based up in the Lake District in Barrow in Furness. Um, mm-hmm. And I've done my training over the last five years here in the Northwest. Um, just by way of kind of um, deeper, deeper introduction, just to, just to explain why, why I've um, kind of agreed to talk about general medicine and, and, and how general medicine and rheumatology interplay. Um, so I, I did my undergraduate training years in Leicester, um, and then I, I took up an academic foundation post in Birmingham, uh, where I had first exposure to rheumatology and kind of fell in love with the specialty uh, for lots of reasons that I, I can go into in a bit later. Um, and then I, I took up a, an academic post um, in the Northwest, which was a run-through training post from ST1 to ST7. And actually what, what happened for me is that despite having both an academic foundation post and academic clinical fellow post, I found that when I kind of reflected, inwardly reflected on, on what it was that motivated me in my career, I realized that actually it wasn't necessarily um, research and kind of the, seeing the light at, at the end of a long tunnel, but actually I realized that I could, you know, seeing a patient, dealing with them, helping them and, and moving on. And I think that's kind of how I ended up falling out of the academic uh, pathway and, and and part of that kind of personality trait I would say that contributed to, to my decision to continue to work in uh, both rheumatology and medicine as I progress now forward to uh, my consultant years so that's kind of just my my basic uh, background really. Yeah that's uh, that's very interesting to hear that you had an academic training post and then you decided to go out mm. of academia and uh, focus on both rheumatology and general medicine and um, it's very interesting also that you have been appointed as a consultant rheumatologist and general physician at Manchester Royal Infirmary. So you would like to do both rheumatology and general medicine as a consultant. So um, could you please yeah. tell us more about it? How did you make this decision? 
Yeah, so, so I think the first thing to say is that um, everyone's different. Um, and even within rheumatologists, we're all different. Um, so I think everyone has different interests. They have different backgrounds. Uh, they have different motivations for, for why they, what they get out of this, this job, you know, being a doctor. Uh, and obviously everyone's got different competing demands. Uh, so I think for me, kind of all of these factors played into the decision for me to, 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 to take up a, a dual post. Um, to be honest, I think you could split the reasons up into why, I've, why I'm quite passionate about doing medicine as part of my work into kind of personal factors, kind of local hospital factors and then population factors. So I think for, for me, uh, on a personal level, I've always found um, at least you know, since I started rheumatology training that I'm highly motivated by kind of medical complexity, uh, the diagnostic and clinical reasoning. And I think that, that brought a lot of us to rheumatology in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and for me, you know, taking a patient with very vague and variable symptoms and turning something that's very vague and variable into a defined diagnosis, that's the thing that kind of, um, that gets me really, that's the thing that takes me to work every day. And, and, and really that, that one case that you get that, that um, piques your interest is worth all of the extra uh, admin and you know the faff around some of the other parts of the job that are not necessarily that uh, that that useful uh, or that um, kind of motivating uh, really. Um, and I think um, generally generally speaking, uh, the reason one of the reasons again personal factor why I why I would want to, wanted to take up a dual post is. Um, about variability in working. So uh, I, I think that for me, I, I'm taking up a full-time post. If I was taking a full-time pure rheumatology post, you know, we've already spoken a little bit about why I didn't pursue academia and research. But if I took up a full-time rheumatology post that was perhaps, you know, five or six clinics a week, um, I would find that, and I think because I've had experience of this with training, I would find that quite mentally tiring and can wear, would wear me down. I think sometimes that can lead to a bit of admin overload. And, and for me, doing kind of uh, um, rheumatology, uh, pure rheumatology outpatient focus work uh, in a full-time role would be would be a little bit overwhelming. So I think that variability in, in work is, is important to me. Um, the other thing really uh, kind of on a on a population level, if, 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 if you don't mind me speaking about this, is yes, that sure. kind of I'm a quick, I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm a believer uh, that um, really with with the aging population and, and the fact that patients are inevitably going to be older and therefore more comorbid, I think it's really important that the next generation of uh, medical doctors uh, are going to be able to manage complexity and multimorbidity. And I think that's important. You know, it's a key factor in obviously the change, the shape of training. Exactly. And I'm a big believer that um, the doctors that we're training in any medical subspecialty, but particularly rheumatology, um, should really be trained to become specialist generalists. You know that that meaning a doctor who's got uh, a specialty field of interest, but who can also work in and make and manage and make pragmatic decisions about complex, multimorbid general medicine patients. And I think you know it's a big statement to make, but I would say that rheumatology and med medicine complement each other really well. Uh, and perhaps my boldest statement would be to say that rheumatology and medicine complement each other kind of even better than some of the traditional medical specialties with general medicine like breast, endocrine or, or elderly care. And I think that's reflected on our patient demographics, the fact that our conditions that we deal with, diagnose and manage are multi-system often, and the fact that a lot of our patients, even if they've got 
not got multi-system disease, they often have comorbidities that are, that are challenging to manage. And I think that places rheumatologists uh, in a very, very privileged uh, to be excellent general medicine doctors. And I think that's a primary primary factor why, with why, in why I, I think it's important. Yes, of course. I see your point. And as you say, that's why the curriculum has now changed and no one can drop uh, general medicine because of the aging population, the complexity of the patients that we see yeah. nowadays. Um, but mm. someone may argue that doing rheumatology and general medicine may be too much. So how do you keep up to date both in rheumatology and general medicine? Any advice for the current trainees like myself? Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's a good question. So I think you could split that question up into two parts. So one part would be how do you manage working in both rheumatology and general medicine on a, on a day-to-day basis? And I think the second point that you made was how do you keep up to, up to date with, uh, with both, both components? Um, so, so I think the first thing to acknowledge really is that in rheumatology clinical practice, um, you are doing lots and lots of general medicine already. Yes, you're not seeing patients necessarily on the acute medical take if you're a pure, pure rheumatologist, but you're definitely managing uh, morbidity in your outpatient setting. You know, I think pure rheumatologists are very, very good at managing and considering the non-rheumatology manifestations of, of comorbid conditions. And and they're all already doing lots and lots of general medicine in clinic. Um, and I think it's the... All, all good doctors keep up to date. And, and I think, you know, even similar, you know, I read a recent article about the up-to-date management of iron deficiency, for example. Uh, and I think the reason I ended up finding that article was, wasn't anything to do with general medicine. It's because I had a patient in a rheumatology clinic with iron deficiency and I was trying to kind of get up to speed with what, what the best current evidence was. So I found that route, that route into improving my knowledge of general medicine through doing pure rheumatology. So I think that's the first thing to say that sometimes passively you will just become more up to date with, with uh, medicine related um, uh, conditions uh, through your practice as a rheumatologist. Um, I will come back to the first point in a second because I know I've kind of uh, divulged a bit. Uh, the other thing is, you know, as a consultant, I appreciate I've not started a consultant post splitting your job kind of 50-50 between rheumatology and medicine, then I think it's appropriate to split, you know, your SBA time. So for me, that would be ensuring that, yes, it's important to go to BSR, UR, ACR, but also, you know, attending RCP conferences about medicine. Uh, For example, so I attended RCP Medicine 2022 in lieu of going to ULAR this year. And that was, that's just because, uh, because of that component. Yes, that's uh, that's great. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to to say something that we also see a lot of rheumatology mimics in our clinic. So sometimes it's, we see a patient query PMR, but it ends up being a multiple myeloma. And so, as you said, we see we see general medicine in the rheumatology clinics for sure. And you you told me about how you combine the rheumatology and general medicine, but. How is your day-to-day life? So if you could please tell us about your timetable currently now as an ST7, rheumatology and general medicine, and how, how things will be for you as a consultant, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, so currently, I, as I said, I've been working in Furnace General Hospital, which is up in the Lake District. Um, and 
Uh, my job is split between rheumatology and general medicine. So the current model is um, we have a ward, a general medicine ward uh, of 12 patients plus outliers uh, that we are responsible for um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, I also do four clinics per week and she also does four clinics per week basically as part of the, our role in general medicine and rheumatology. So the, the, essentially the way, the way that it works is bit like a can you know when you when you get a consultant post you will have uh, in a in a five day full time job working week you'll have ten sessions so one session will be uh, a morning or an afternoon uh, so you've got five times two sessions per week basically that's ten sessions so my current work is uh, four clinics that'll be four sessions um, and then I'll do perhaps four ward rounds and then two the remaining two sessions would be for admin and kind of supporting professional activities, self-development time or teaching, for example, and, and woven within the day, you might have a radiology MDT or a teaching teaching afternoon or something like that. Um, and this, this model where you're kind of working simultaneously in general medicine and rheumatology the whole time that you're working there does have advantages and disadvantages, I would say. Um, I think the advantages of working integrated within general medicine the entire time that you're working in rheumatology is that first of all you have greater visibility and approachability from colleagues um so for example if um i you know the other week i had uh, one of the uh, care of the elderly consultants approach approach me on the ward uh, to ask about for a, for a verbal opinion about a patient that they had on their ward and i think if if i if we weren't visible you know visible there working on the ward on a daily basis i think you know there the are additional barriers perhaps that that, that would be put up such that approaching for an informal opinion kind of would be would be less um, less easy. Uh, I also think that working in that way, you have kind of more oversight about the workings of general medicine in a hospital setting, um, and and it's and it also becomes quite much easier to facilitate things like inpatient admission for pure rheumatology patients because you just have that. That, you know, that interface person between the two specialties, you work closely with those people. Um, I'd also just like to kind of share share an, the model that I worked with kind of earlier on in my, my training. So when I was an ST3, I was in Lancaster. Um, and the way it worked there was that we would do a six-month block of medicine. It was a respiratory ward. So you'd look after a respiratory ward and you'd do one respiratory clinic a week. Uh, no rheumatology Um uh, in fact, you do a couple of rheumatology clinics as well, um, but, but the inpatient workload would just be kind of medicine. Uh, and then the, the other six months, you just do rheumatology, uh, both inpatient and um, um, and outpatient work, basically. And, and I think, again, that model has more, uh, has advantages as well. You know, I think uh, you're less likely to end up being interrupted in clinic, you know, if you're if you're working in, in a block setting. Yeah. Um, and, and I think... The other, the other component of that is that sometimes you can be um, um, your your self development or admin time can sometimes be eaten into um, when you work simultaneously in medicine and rheumatology because obviously sometimes you might have a ward ward patient who's unwell and needs your yeah. attention uh, during time that you're meant to be doing admin, for example. So I think there are advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, the job plan that I've devised for consultant post going forward is kind of a mix of the two in which I will do three weeks of rheumatology then two weeks of medicine and then that cycle will repeat three and two weeks three two three two um, so it's kind of a maybe takes 
the good parts of both. You know, you've got just about enough visibility uh, that you're not forgotten <laughs> in that three-week <laughs> period that you do in rheumatology, um, but also you're not away for long enough that um, uh, that you kind of lose touch with 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 the interface people that you that you're involved with in medicine. So I think hopefully that will work out well. Um, and maybe it's something that could be integrated into the training as well um, for, for registrars who go into uh, who, are, who are in dual posts. Yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. And thanks very much for sharing your timetable and how your work pattern will be mm. as a consultant. And so, mm. uh, one more question, please. So I don't know your experience, but I have been approached by trainees that uh, would like to consider rheumatology but they're a bit hesitant about the general medicine part because now you can't really drop general medicine. Um, so any advice for these trainees, please? Yeah, so, so it's, again, I just have to reiterate the notion that everyone is different. You know, I appreciate everyone's got different circumstances. Uh, some people will be full-time, some people will less than time people have different family responsibilities and, and non-work responsibilities. I think the first thing to say is that doctors who are starting rheumatology training at ST4 from kind of now onwards yeah. um, will have always done a year as a medical junior medical registrar as an IMT3. And I think that's a good thing because it would soften the transition and anxiety surrounding kind of working as a medical registrar on call. So I think a lot of the anxiety about uh, medicine or general medicine, uh, as a trainee at least, is about uh, is about the pressures of working as a medical registrar on call. Um, for me personally, I kind of I I sometimes find I kind of alluded to this at the start. I sometimes find doing lots of rheumatology clinics quite it wears me down, you know, so so to speak. So I sometimes see doing general medicine as a welcome break from rheumatology, um, and really, uh, you know. Kind of, maybe maybe I'm downplaying this, but I'm I'm a big believer that if you do the basics well and you don't cut corners and you kind of apply common sense to your decision making in general medicine, it generally think generally speaking things are quite straightforward. Um, so so I think the anxiety about working as a medical registrar on call I think is is not maybe it's more word of mouth rather than something that's particularly founded. Uh, I've been full-time the entire time that I've been in training, so I've just had to do it for four years, which I would say in the grand scheme of things is, is just a drop in the ocean. Uh, but I appreciate, you know, if, if you're less than full-time, you might have to do do that role for, for a bit longer. Um, um, the other anxieties we kind of alluded to before, which is about keeping up to date, um, kind of competing pressures. So the worst thing ever would be to be called about someone sick on the ward constantly while you're in clinic. And I think there are ways, job plan ways of mitigating that that, that factor. Um, and part of that is to maybe work in blocks, as we mentioned uh, kind of just a bit earlier on. Um, so really, that they would be the main parts of advice that I would say. I think it would be a massive shame to not choose a career in rheumatology just because of the anxieties around general medicine. I think that would be the, the worst thing ever because we, you know, we are in the best specialty, as I mentioned before. I think we do, I think pure rheumatologists probably do more general medicine than a pure respiratory physician, for example. Um, but obviously the culture is such that you, most, most doctors would see a pure respiratory physician as more of a general medic than a pure rheumatologist. I think that can be changed as well. Yes, exactly. And as you said uh, previously, now the training has changed. So um, 
the internal medicine trainees have a, a transition period. They, I'm tr- as, as you said, what I'm trying to advise uh, more junior trainees that uh, you do general medicine while you do rheumatology. So the, the actual change is the shifts that you have to do as a registrar. Thank you very much, Rick. And one last question for, for you, please. Could you please summarize the learning points from today? Yeah, so I think that, you know, there were quite, it's quite a lot that we've gone through. Uh, I know I've, I've rambled a bit, but just to put kind of a few points uh, forward. So so rheumatologists already do lots of general medicine, and we, we can be kind of valued and recognised for this as part of dual accreditation. Um, the second point really would be that um, workload and work pressures, I would say, are not automatically higher in a dual post compared to a, a pure rheumatology post, provided that there is a kind of defined job plan expectations and, and that work can be split accordingly. Um, we can improve care for both rheumatology patients and general medicine patients by having more rheumatologists who are generalists uh, uh, because they can act in an interface role between medicine and rheumatology and therefore streamline care in both directions. Um, and then the fourth point is kind of the, the higher level future future view really, which is our population demographics are moving in a direction in which the next generation of medical doctors, I think independent of specialty, uh, must be able to manage and make pragmatic decisions about complex patients with multimorbidity. Uh, And therefore, that means that we need to have specialists who are happy with decisions about escalation to intensive care, uh, palliative care, resuscitation. And this can be relevant for a lot of our rheumatology patients and I think will become more and more relevant as we progress forward to the future. Thank you very much, Rick, for sharing your experience both in rheumatology and general medicine. Uh, I wish you all the best in your consultant post, and I'm very glad that we will be working uh, together from August. And finally, I'd like to thank all our listeners for staying with us until the end, and please stay tuned for more Talking Rheumatology podcasts. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology Careers, brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share and subscribe through your favourite podcast app.